July 4th, Acts chapter 22, verse 17, through chapter 23, verse 10. One day after I, Paul, returned to Jerusalem, I was praying in the temple, and I fell into a trance. I saw a vision of Jesus saying to me, Hurry, leave Jerusalem, for the people here won't believe you when you give them your testimony about me. But Lord, I argued, they certainly know that I imprisoned and beat those in every synagogue who believed on you, and when your witness Stephen was killed, I was standing there agreeing. I kept the coats they laid aside as they stoned him. But the Lord said to me, Leave Jerusalem, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. The crowd listened until Paul came to that word. Then with one voice they shouted, Away with such a fellow! Kill him! He isn't fit to live! They yelled, threw off their coats, and tossed handfuls of dust into the air. The commander brought Paul inside, and ordered him lashed with whips to make him confess his crime. He wanted to find out why the crowd had become so furious. As they tied Paul down to lash him, Paul said to the officer standing there, Is it legal for you to whip a Roman citizen who hasn't even been tried? The officer went to the commander and asked, What are you doing? This man is a Roman citizen. So the commander went over and asked Paul, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I certainly am, Paul replied. I am too, the commander muttered, and it cost me plenty. But I am a citizen by birth. The soldiers, who were about to interrogate Paul, quickly withdrew when they heard he was a Roman citizen, and the commander was frightened because he had ordered him bound and whipped. The next day, the commander freed Paul from his chains and ordered the leading priests into session with the Jewish high council. He had Paul brought in before them to try to find out what the trouble was all about. Gazing intently at the high council, Paul began, Brothers, I've always lived before God in all good conscience. Instantly Ananias the high priest commanded those close to Paul to slap him on the mouth. But Paul said to him, God will slap you, you whitewashed wall. What kind of judge are you to break the law yourself by ordering me struck like that? Those standing near Paul said to him, Is that the way to talk to God's high priest? I'm sorry, brothers. I didn't realize he was the high priest, Paul replied. For the scriptures say, Do not speak evil of anyone who rules over you. Paul realized that some members of the high council were Sadducees, and some were Pharisees. So he shouted, Brothers, I am a Pharisee, as were all my ancestors, and I am on trial because my hope is in the resurrection of the dead. This divided the council, the Pharisees against the Sadducees. For the Sadducees say there is no resurrection or angels or spirits, but the Pharisees believe in all of these. So a great clamor arose. Some of the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees jumped up to argue that Paul was all right. We see nothing wrong with him, they shouted. Perhaps a spirit or an angel spoke to him. Well, the shouting grew louder and louder, and the men were tugging at Paul from both sides, pulling him this way and that. 
Finally, the commander, fearing they would tear him apart, ordered his soldiers to take him away from them and bring him back to the fortress. As your mind goes, so will go the entirety of your spiritual life. Philippians chapter 4, I want to read verses 8 and 9. This is our focus this Lord's Day. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned, verse 9, and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. This text calls for thinking pure, godly thoughts. Before we look at this text, let me put it this way. You will become like what you are thinking about. Like produces like. Filthy thoughts produce a filthy life. It's inevitable. There's no end run around that. And godly thoughts inevitably lead to a godly life. And what Paul says here in Philippians 4 verse 8 is a call for pure thoughts and right thinking. These verses really provide a grid and a template over what we should allow to be put in front of our eyes, what we should allow to enter into our ears, what we should allow inside our mind. Legalism would be for me to give you a long list of what that is. And the Bible never does that. But what the Bible does give is the guardrails that should be on the perimeter of the narrow path that we live. These verses really provide the parameters for television watching, for movie attending, for music listening, for computer surfing, for magazine looking, for book browsing, for concert attending. The battle of the Christian life is the battle for the Christian mind. Close quote. How critically important it is that our minds are fixed and filled with that which is right and proper and true. The way your Christian life works is What comes into your mind affects your heart or your affections. And all of the decisions and choices that you make are actually determined by your affections. Every choice that you make is the choice that you want to make. And what is governing and controlling your desires is what is feeding into your mind. Garbage in, garbage out. Truth and purity in, truth and purity out. Jesus said in Matthew.
Matthew 22, verse 37, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. How important is our mind to our spiritual growth in grace? 1 Peter 1, verse 13, Peter commands all believers and he calls, commands us, prepare your minds for actions. In other words, you're not ready for anything in your Christian life until you first prepare your mind. Paul writes in Colossians 3 and verse 2, set your minds on things above and not on things on the earth. 